feel like I smell weird. I feel like I smell weird. Oh, so it's you. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. High five, Trace. Good job. I hate you. <laughs> Deep burn. Hi, everyone. I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Yay. Whoa, whoa. Yay. We out here. Yay. Yay. I'm out of uh, Yay. top of the show sounds. <laughs> Bloop, blorp. How about, whoa. Wow. <laughs> Gnarly, dude. <laughs> okay. The Heaven and Tracy show. We be itchy and scratchy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi Heaven. Hi. What's up? I feel a little delirious. Really? Like I haven't had enough sleep, mm. so I'm liable to say anything. All right. It's <laughs> gonna be a fun show. Um, what's happening on the show? Yo, we have a really dope person who's like a million things in one. Mm-hmm. First of all, she's an activist who like changed legislation at 24. So already I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, no big deal. Just, Just having the patience the for that alone. Right. But she also like wants to be an astronaut. I don't understand anybody who wants to purposefully go into space. Yo. That just seems crazy to me. So I'm really excited to talk to Amanda Wynn. Amanda advocates for rape survivors' rights through RISE, which is a nonprofit she founded. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also created a Survivor's Bill of Rights, actual legislation. Wow. The fact that we needed Bill of Rights for this portion of life. First of all. <laughs> first of all. Like, we already fucked up the Constitution, had to add amendments. Right, right. <laughs> and now, you know. We can't even do, like, the very least and taking taking care of people when they're, like, mm. hurt and attacked. And mm. also, it's not like somebody in the legislature who gets paid to, like, right. fix problems did it. This girl was like, okay, I'm 24, going to school, trying to be an astronaut. Let me just do this in my spare time. Yeah, on the side. Yeah. So I'm hyped to talk to her. Yeah. How was that your side hustle? Yo. Mine was t-shirts. They were solid t-shirts in your defense. Thank you. There are no rocket science t-shirts. <laughs> she's literally out here doing rocket science. True. But uh, maybe Amanda can teach us a thing or two about that. So we have a president who was caught on tape bragging about how he sexually assaults women. Mm-hmm. Remember when that happened? Mm-hmm. He's been accused of workplace sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. And I remember this week where there were just all these stories from former like Miss USA contestants where they were like, yeah, he would just walk in the dressing room with all my, my goobers and pieces out. My goobers and pieces, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I called them goobers. It's weird. Um, uh, he's also working on defunding Planned Parenthood, banning federal funding for abortions. And I feel like it's safe to say that he's not really here for women. I don't know that we could call President Trump a feminist. I, too, agree. But do you know who is here for women? Who? Miss Amanda Wynn, who is here with us today. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So Amanda is the founder and president of an organization called RISE, which is, quote, a millennial-driven national social innovation nonprofit that focuses on sexual assault survivor rights for 25 million rape survivors in the United States of America. So let's back up a little bit for our listeners who are not familiar with you. Totally. What is the story behind RISE and how did it come to be? So RISE started from a very personal place. Um, I'm a rape survivor. And when I went to go through the criminal justice system, I found out that my untested rape kit could be destroyed at six months, even if the statute of limitations to pursue the crime and push forward is 15 years. How did you find out about this? I 
had a pamphlet that they gave me after oh the God. exam. But the, the catch is they tell you that there's a six-month deadline, but they don't tell you how to actually extend it. In the pamphlet? So they're like, That's right. you need to do this thing, but they don't give you exactly. any so idea like, this is a horrific it. thing, but, like, go find out on your own how to do this. Also, like, you're still trauma. Like, mm-hmm. in the hours and days after mm-hmm. your physical trauma, that is absurd. Yeah. First of all, that you so can be levels. expected to read a pamphlet and, like take it all in yeah and I remember I mean it was overwhelming for so many reasons um but I also started like researching what my rights were and I found out that in other states in the U.S. this Mm -hmm. does not happen so in like Texas they don't destroy untested rape kits before the statute of limitations in Colorado they don't do that um and that really goes against equality under the law. In some states, survivors are still required to pay for that rape kit. They have to pay to have the rape kit like performed. That's at correct. All? Yeah, which is um, not fair because like if your house was like robbed, right, and yeah. you had the police come, you wouldn't have to pay the gas in the police car. Again, you've already paid taxes. Like that's yeah. what they're supposed to do. So why is it in the case of rape? survivors who are told to go to the hospital, told to go to the police, why are they being charged for this? That's absolutely wrong. And it can cost up to $2,000. What? And if they can't afford it, they can have creditors call their homes demanding Mm -hmm. for it. And Um, that disproportionately affects people who are living at or below the property line, which are often women of color. That's that's exactly it. Oh, my gosh. Um, This is unacceptable. Wow. Yeah, so it's just one way that the criminal justice system discriminates against rape. And some some states, uh, rape kits, so this exam that you sit for three to seven hours in, mm. um, can be destroyed before the statute of limitations and be destroyed untested. Uh, and so, in fact, that was what prompted um, how Rise started in my case in Massachusetts um, before the law was passed. So you were at Harvard at the time in Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. So what is the status of your rape kit in Massachusetts? So right now, because of the law that I wrote and passed, the kit is not going to be destroyed. Mm. And that's like super basic, but it means so much to me because every six months, every twice, twice a year, I would have to go back to Massachusetts and fight to hold on to my kit. Uh, Mm. And because there was no standard operating procedure, um, it was extremely difficult uh, to even know like where the kit is or like what status it's at. Right. So yeah, can you walk us through like what you would have to go through every six months just yeah. to keep tabs on your rape kit? Yeah. So the first time that I had to do this, I had to track down uh, on my own where exactly uh, my kit was held, and that wasn't easy to find out. Um, it was. A long process of talking to multiple different police departments, figuring out like who was giving accurate information because the information I was given from different police officers was conflicting. Mm. Um, And then uh, literally just spending hours on Google, just figuring out, okay, like how many crime labs are there in Massachusetts? Which one where might be? Yeah. And like literally cold emailing technicians, lab technicians and like calling lab technicians to track down. Um, so this is like is in movies once. where like the guy's trying to find this girl and he like calls up everybody right? in like the Johnson section of the yeah. phone book. Like you just had to start from yeah, yeah. So think about it that way. Um, <laughs> oh my I, god! I felt like a detective. Um, <laughs> that honestly, part sounds a little cool. Yeah, <laughs> just, just that one part though is fucked up that it exists. But but it was 
You know, I consistently recognize the resources and privilege that I had, the time that I had to be mm. able to Google this and research it. I remember vividly walking into my local area rape crisis center, and it was full. It was full of survivors. Mm. And I, you know, I cared about issues like this before, but had no idea how many people it impacted and how broken the criminal justice system was mm-hmm. until I actually had to go through it. And mm. it was like a Kafka-esque game, you know? It was like a Saw game that the oh, that Massachusetts God. designed for me because every six months, I would be re-traumatized. I'd had to go through this mm. to fight to hold on to my evidence. And here's here's what's crazy. So in, in Massachusetts, convicted rapists have the right to hold on to the evidence for the duration of their conviction. I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. Convicted rapists have the right to hold on to the evidence for the duration of their conviction, but survivors don't have the right to hold on to the evidence for the duration of the statute of limitations. And that's a double standard. And here's another double standard. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Murder. Other class A felonies, violent crimes, mm. are not treated this way. Like, you wouldn't just throw away evidence for yeah, a murder. Can you imagine, like, they're just like, oh, all of this... DNA info in this murder trial. If y'all don't do anything with it in six months, bye. Yeah. And here's an even crazier thing. Um, every state could do better on this. Um, you know, I thought Massachusetts was bad. New York State mm. is 30 days. Jesus. I cannot. What? Yeah. And, so every 30 days. Yeah. And in some places in New York, that's it. right. And it's because there isn't a standard operating procedure for it. And this is untested kits, right? Um, Why are they throwing them away? You know, there's a there's no good answer for that. What do they ostensibly think is the reason? The real, real reason, if I'm honest, is this crime isn't taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And so they also survivors, don't believe yeah. women when they say that they've been literally attacked. or men, by the way, who or go men, in. Yeah. Um, but majorities like women are just not taken seriously. That's so frustrating because even in a society where we've got all of these like women's groups and, you know, there's like this big male feminism boom, you know, we're still punished for the shit that happens to us. It makes me so angry. Mm-hmm. That's rape culture. And this rape culture is institutionalized within the law. And so because of this, I remember after seeing so many people in that waiting room and realizing, you know, if I had the resources that I did and I'm mm. still fighting this hard, like, what is everybody else who doesn't have my resources going through? Mm. Um, and realizing that I had a choice, you know, I could accept the injustice or rewrite the law. And one of these things is a lot better than the other. Mm. So I rewrote it. Did you, were you like a law student? Did you know about how a bill becomes a law. <laughs> yeah, so I studied government um, and astrophysics uh, at Harvard. Life flex. <laughs> just, um, just, you know, no biggie. So yeah. did I. I just don't like to talk about it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I am a really big believer in having power as a citizen and using my voice. So what was the process of turning your frustration of navigating the system into an actual survivor's bill of rights. It was when I started researching and finding out that all these other states had these rights that I didn't have access to and that two survivors in two different states have two completely different sets of rights. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh, well, justice should not depend on geography. Mm-hmm. And I sent out an email to everyone I knew. And I said, hi, this is what happened to me. And I would like to rewrite the law. It's not fair 
that survivors don't have equal rights under the law. And could you please help me? I remember <laughs> I titled the subject line, Walk With Me. I even put a little picture in it. It was the Boston State House. I was mm-hmm. like, could you please you know, help me get this through? And nearly everyone responded. I mean, people were like, hey, I'm an attorney. How can I help? I'm a comedian. How can mm-hmm. I help? I'm a coder. How can I help? Mm-hmm. And it was because people came to this campaign from all walks of life, socially, economically, professionally, that we were able to put our heads together and think through from all these different angles how to create a Survivor Bill of Rights that was inclusive of different political opinions as well. Mm. Um, And we did not lock anyone out of the drafting table. So we invited people like the law enforcement community, like the Innocence Project community. Mm -hmm. um, And uh, together we agreed on the best practices that would least controversial and could benefit everyone. Mm -hmm. So what are the kinds of things you'd find in the Bill of Rights? Yeah. So it's one, um, the right to not have to pay for your evidence, Mm. which is, again, seems basic. So so basic. Um, Worth repeating, apparently. (laughs) Um, uh, Second one is the right to not have your evidence be destroyed before the statute of limitations. Again, Mm -hmm. all of these are so basic. Um, I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah. Like the fact that they would grant a rapist more like time and access with this particular sample than a, a, a potential victim says we're going to protect you in the event that like some lying ass bitch wants to like pin like a rape on you you know what I mean and like yeah. that's the thing like we care yeah. more about men being falsely accused mm-hmm. than women actually being assaulted and mm-hmm. I just can't I can't get over that I'm sorry please yeah. continue you know the other way that we were able to get so much support for it is that if you keep the evidence you can exonerate yeah. innocent people mm. right um, and if you keep the evidence, then the detective in the police station would be able to do his or her job more because they right. have the evidence. So it's right. in everyone's interest because <sighs> the interest is justice and fairness. Mm. <laughs> um, so the third right is the right to have access to your patient medical records from the rape kit. So what I mean by that is technically as a patient, you're supposed to have access to your own medical records. Mm -hmm. But because the right, it was called HIPAA, um, patient rights didn't specifically say like in the case of rape or sexual assault, that's why survivors are getting denied it. And that's why it's so important. That's why civil rights are so important and like codifying civil rights into law is important. Because when these yeah. rights get infringed, there's actually something you can point to that says, hey, no, you can't do that to me. Mm-hmm. And people have legal recourse. Like, you that's that, why Donald Trump? Civil rights are important. <laughs> that civil rights are important. Um, so that's the third right. The fourth right is the right to have uh, to be notified of what your rights are. It's so, so basic. It's like Miranda rights. But like I was for, just going to say. Mm-hmm, yeah. But it's so important because um, rape is very time sensitive. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things going on. Um, and. And the rights vary not only drastically from state to state, but drastically from, like, county to county in states. Mm. Um, yeah. So, like, what resources are available to you? What hospital carry rape kits and what hospitals don't? Mm. Right? Um, and that's so, so important. Uh, and survivors should be told um, as soon as they touch the criminal justice system, either at a hospital or with the police, what rights and resources they have access to. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in one case, to give you an example, there's a survivor who in California went to the hospital 
um, identified, said, hey, like, I've just been raped. You know, I need help. And the hospital administrator said, no, you need to go to the police first and file a report, and then you can come in for medical um, life-saving attention. Come um, on. I'm only laughing because I would cry otherwise. Um, <laughs> and uh, and she said, fine. You know, yeah, I, this guy, I, I want him to go to jail. Like, he raped me. Um, and she, you know, went to the police. She uh, had the report, uh, went through the interview, waited in the ER, got back in. And by the time that she was back in, the drugs that he had drugged her with had run out of her system. And Ugh. so the toxicology report came back wow. as nothing. And she knew she was drugged. Mm-hmm. And it was because of that denial of access to medical care that she wasn't able to get that toxicology report. And at the hospital and at the police, they should have said, oh, no, like you have a right to be admitted. And in yeah. California... You actually have that right. Mm-hmm. You have the right to be admitted, and it's not contingent upon you filing a report, mm-hmm. right? So that administrator, the hospital person, mm-hmm. should know that. Look, people at the hospital have checklists all the time for yeah. everything. Yeah. And, like, we can't expect them to know everything, but we can expect them to pull out a piece of paper to be able to tell them, like, here are the next steps. Right. For, they like, should have a resource they can mm-hmm. consult. In for the rape survivors are. who come in. Yeah. Yeah. So we've heard that you found a lot of support um, when you were first getting going from people of our walks of life we have a beautiful listenership that also comes from all walks of life so how can the people who are listening to this right now how can we help how can we get involved i'm so excited that you asked that (laughs) so one of the most exciting things for 2017 um for us is that we have been building up our organizational capacity in half the nation 25 states in the u.s Hmm. yeah so we have Um, organizers on the ground working with legislators who have their state version of the Survivor Bill of Rights that they're introducing and fighting for in this year, Mm. um, which is like concrete uh, steps to codifying these civil rights. Mm. Um, And once you codify them, no one can take them away. So we're doing a platform launch where anybody can go to risenow.us and find a survivor or a state campaign that they want to help out on mm. and put in their address and click how much time they have to contribute that day. And it will give you um, an exact task to do that will directly help um, our organizers on the ground. And so, this is risenow.us. That's right. www.risenow.us. So there you go. No more excuses. So I know that everybody is super, super inspired and you're ready to start your um, your new socially proactive side hustles. <laughs> and we're going to talk with Amanda some more in a little bit. But first, we got bills. We need to pay them. We're gonna Can you pay now. my podcast bills? No. <laughs> or fit all of those words in a sentence? Can I do that? <laughs> the syllables all fit. <laughs> So in addition to all this crazy important work that you do, which takes tons and tons of hours around survivors' rights, you also somehow find the time to actually be an aspiring astronaut. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about this space thing. Yes. You said that you wanted to be a mission specialist. Yes. And you want to discover an exoplanet. That's right. What do any of those words mean? <laughs> um, so there are many types of astronauts. Um, mission specialist is a type of astronaut. Um, and it's just a, a term for people who are doing tech or like uh, scientific missions mm-hmm. on that 
specific space mission. But these are a mission specialist is the person who puts on the space suit and gets in the rocket so that's and just goes. Actually, um a mission specialist could be that. Um mm. but the people who put on um those space suits are called EVAs. They stand for extravehicular activity. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I actually really do want to be an EVA. Oh that's so cool. Oh uh, I'm <laughs> so nervous right now. <laughs> it makes me so anxious. Just like Have you seen Gravity? Yeah, I love it. I was oh just like, God. yes, give me that. <laughs> it was like a panic attack in a movie. <laughs> Girl, I'm glad that people like you exist because if it was up to me, if they were like, if you don't go to space and nobody's going to space, I'd be like, well, I guess we're not going to space <laughs> as a people. But talk to me about the overview effect. So the overview effect is a cognitive psychological shift that has been documented in many, many astronauts when they go up to space and they see Earth for the first time. Mm. And Mm. for them, they describe it as an overwhelming, just humbling and awe-inspiring, awesome um, experience, Mm. like in the full definition of awesome. And all astronauts are technicians. They're there to do something um, for science. And for the ones who have reported feeling this overview effect, they return to Earth as humanitarians. Mm. So they have a deeper and much more compelling just urge to, to do good in this world. And they describe seeing Earth as this precious spaceship. Um, mm. They call it Spaceship Earth or like a pale blue dot uh, amongst just space, you know. Spaceship Earth? Yeah. What does that Earth. mean? It means that everything that has ever lived or died is on this dot that you see. And we're traveling. And and to, to date, we don't know if anybody is out there. So we're all in this together. We're all oh, true, in the spaceship true. Earth. See, that scares me. I feel like if I were an astronaut, and I looked back and I saw Earth, I would be like, oh, shit. That little marble <laughs> oh. All my shit is on this marble. I love it. Also, do you know what this reminds me of? This, y'all are both young. You may not get the reference. Okay, but Tracy. There was, I just, I'm just very All right, aware you prepared of us. being mid-30s right now. <laughs> um, Animaniacs. The Animaniacs used to have a, you know, their cute little, like, vignettes that they mm-hmm. used to do that would, like, teach you, like, all the states and capitals and teach you all the planets and shit. They had the song about how... The Earth is big, but it's actually really, really small compared to everything else. And it yeah. went, it's a great big universe, and we're all really puny. We're just tiny <laughs> little specks about the size of Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> but we don't know how we got here. We're an important part here. It's a great universe, and it's ours. Oh, my God. Is that how it went? <laughs> Thank right. you. Thank you. I'm sure I fucked up the words. Anyway, that Mickey was unnecessary. Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's a small man. I don't know how. Is he still alive? Isn't that guy we'll that did Asian later. face? Oh, now we gotta cut the whole song out. No, God you don't. No, you it. don't. Mickey, your faves really. are problematic. They are. He's not even my. He's face. not even a fave. <laughs> People are <Okay>. problematic. <laughs> so back to the overview effect. We thought that we would play a fun game, yeah. in which we imagine people. Things I guess that we would like to send into space <laughs> to look back onto the Earth and be like, you know what? I'm gonna stop being an asshole. Yeah, I'm nice now. Come back, and it's wonderful. We like to call this temporarily. Which motherfucker should we shoot in space? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's play around of which motherfucker should we shoot into space? Oh my gosh. Oh my god, you should go first. Okay, I would love to send Tyler Perry to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hear me out. Tell me more, Tracy. (gasps) So my mom is like, she frustrates me because she swears up and down, you know, Tyler Perry, he just gets so much stuff wrong and blah, 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 blah. But she watches all his shit and I'm like, well, you know, there's some disconnect here. Like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, but he's so smart. He's so talented. He could be so much better. He could be so much better. Mm. And I think that that's true. I mean, he's got a very, very large audience. And if only he would be like, P.S. Being gay is okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, P.S. Or being dark skin doesn't mean you'll get AIDS in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my god. <laughs> or, like, you can be a woman and, like, care about your career and, like, be okay, be happy. Like, he's he's close, maybe. Close. I think Mars might get him over the little hump. Give him a little perspective. He's like, yeah. wow, look at that little marble. Like right. Little dot. <laughs> look at everything that I am doing to this dot. What narratives am I bringing to this world? <laughs> <laughs> I think he could benefit from it. Okay. What about you, Amanda? Um, gosh, there's so many people who would benefit. <laughs> <laughs> so how do I choose? Um, well, I could go positive. Obviously, I want to go to space. Um, I think like people whose jobs are in empathy, like first grade teachers, you know? Mm, yeah. yeah. They're, they're influencing literally people's lives as they're starting out. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good answer because I think a lot about like the the lessons that our kids, especially little brown kids, are not learning in school because their mm-hmm. teachers just don't know them. And also, like, this is just fresh on my mind because the <laughs> education secretary has mm. been a hotly contested mm-hmm. uh, topic. But, like, white adults who don't fuck with black people are now <laughs> like you don't fuck with black people why would you fuck with black children <laughs> how dare you <laughs> because all lives matter heaven. all of them do it just yeah the like cognitive dissonance between you know yeah yeah i feel you all right we got tyler perry we got first grade teachers heaven who's going in the spaceship the white moderate <laughs> i don't want to make this too big of a thing but speak on it as you say Okay, so I get that phrase from uh, Martin Luther King's letter from Birmingham jail. Mm -hmm. That's the phrase he used, Uh and I'll quote the sentence because it's very helpful to my case. Mm -hmm. First, I must confess that over the last few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's greatest stumbling block in the stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, First of all, I didn't know you could say that. Ku Klux Klanner. That's their official title. It's on their business cards, I think. Not the White House Citizens Counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to quote-unquote order than to justice, Mm. who prefers a negative space, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. Mm. Who constantly says, I agree with you and the goal you seek, but I can't agree with your methods Mm. of direct action. Yes. Oh, who paternalistically feels he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by the myth of time. Preach heaven. And who constantly advises the Negro to wait until a quote-unquote more convenient season. Come on now. Mm. That was one full sentence, by the way. Wow. (laughs) Damn. That's powerful. He knew how to use a semicolon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But you guys get my point. Yeah. Yeah. I am so (laughs) fed up. (laughs) <laughs> with white moderates she's slapping herself in the face shoot you yourself into space <laughs> come back with perspective Heaven said we're not even gonna shoot you you do what you damn you gotta self. get it yourself you build your own spaceship listen I'm just so fed up with this sort of like waffling and then like the way that people talk about protesters yeah. or like act as if like Martin Luther King wasn't assassinated yeah. that's how it ended bruh yeah. reminder mm. 
So I didn't want to end it there. But <laughs> shoot all the white moderates in this space. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the conclusion. I feel like it's so apt that you used a quote from Martin Luther King to illustrate the white moderate because white moderates they love, love a Martin Luther King quote. Martin Luther King quotes, but it's always like, don't judge them by the content of their mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, Martin Luther King didn't fuck with y'all. He sure did not. And after y'all killed him, his ghost don't fuck with y'all. His ghost does not. Okay, my other one was going to be for every landlord in New York City. Because <laughs> them motherfuckers. That's so real. Oh, my God. Oh it's my like gosh. they'd be showing you a rat closet. It's like, it has amenities. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, to move in is $6,000. Yeah. We need your last three pay stubs. We need your last three um, employers. We need your fucking pap smear results. We need <laughs> your goddamn blood type. Your mama's social security number. Like, what? I do, what? Yeah. I'm okay. not trying to work for the CIA. I'm trying to live. <laughs> true. Shoot them in the space, too. True, um, true, true, true. That was fun. How long does it take? Eight minutes. That's not true. Yeah, from for at least the, the wait, wait, last wait. space shuttle. Is that what you're gonna ask? How, How long, long does it take to, to get, get space? space? Yeah. What do you mean eight minutes? Yeah, it takes eight minutes from launch to to getting to. Yeah. What do you mean it take? I realize I'm just asking the same question over <laughs> and over again, but I don't understand. Yeah. Well, so, it depends again on like the strength of the rocket. Um, and the newest one is called. SLS with Orion, that's a spaceship, and I want to be on Orion because I want to go to Mars. Um, okay, how long does it take to get to Mars? Oh, that takes a couple years. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. All right, my anxiety won't let me continue this particular <laughs> conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like everybody on the Internet knows about a very famous picture of an astronaut, a black man with two golden retrievers who's mm. just perfect and adorable. <laughs> His name is Leland Melvin, and we understand that he's your mentor. That's right. Leland is amazing. Um, Leland is a former astronaut, a former NFL player. Um, and yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah. He's what? done everything. Yep. Um, and he and I share something in common. We are both pathologically optimistic people, uh, which is how we bonded. <laughs> um, yeah. No, Leland was... One of the first people who really took, sat me down and said, no, like, you can still be an astronaut. Like, that's something that's absolutely feasible. And for him, I remember he told me, you know, like, that he didn't really, you know, it didn't really become uh, an actual uh, dream until another astronaut sat him down, too. I was like, no, this is totally Mm. possible. Like, I did it. You can do it, too. Um, And... Leland has an incredible story. So I don't know if you know this, but when he was training um, to to go into space, to simulate microgravity, they put you into this gigantic pool. It's called the Neutral Buoyancy Lab. Um, And when you, uh, like when you're in a plane, you go up and down um, altitudes, uh, your air pressure changes, like Mm -hmm. internally, your your ear pops, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that happens when you go down into this pool. And what happened was that technician didn't put something for Leland to clear his ears and Leland went deaf. Um, Forever? No. Well, he started gaining his hearing back. People still to this day haven't figured out like how, you know, what happened. Um, and um, and then one of the uh, shuttle disasters happened and 
he was touring the and those were his friends that were on there right so he was touring the country saying that like the worst thing we could do is you know to stop the space program because that's what they loved like that's what they wanted to do um and unbeknownst to him the chief medical officer at nasa was following him um and evaluating him and decided to sign a waiver for leland to fly um as a testament to second chances and overcoming that um and uh that's Leland's story. You know, he he was um, he made it to the NFL, but then he he tore a muscle mm. um, and he couldn't play anymore. So then he became an astronaut. Yeah, because um, I mean, that's what you do when you can't play football. I anymore. know, right? <laughs> you become an astronaut. <laughs> um, but what do you mean he signed a waiver? So Why? Um, oh, because he was because he like was not, not f- like he was recovering still. I see. Um, and uh, I, regularly, you wouldn't have been able to fly, but um, he let Leland fly. Um, and Leland and I have always bonded over, you know, grit and where that will take us and passion and most importantly, empathy, Mm. being able to share what we have learned with other people and, um, empower other people around us to do that. And so, you know, Leland did that for me. Um, and also was like, yeah, you go do your civil rights stuff because space is still going to be there. (laughs) You know, um, space to me when I look up in the sky is just, so incredible because what we're looking at when we we see it are these these stars whose light has taken billions of years to reach us right like that photon has mm-hmm. traveled billions of years to reach your eye so that you can see it and mm-hmm. even though it does um and it can make people feel very small and it's very humbling it also on the other side of the coin makes me feel so so special because we are out of like crazy probability, mm. not only alive, but cognizant. Mm. We can love, you know, we feel pain, we feel frustration, but we can also have the ability to act on that and really shape our lives for even this flicker of moment that we have in time. But that is so incredible to me. And that's why I studied both government and astrophysics. I think the questions that we get to answer are the same, which is what is my place in the universe and what am I going to do about it? And um, so... I think that there's a lot of, you know, energy right now, um, not only on like women's issues, sexual assault, rape, but I really just want people to understand. I know what it feels like to be powerless. Mm. I know what it feels like to be alone. And I promise you, like, you're not alone and that you already have it in you. You are a star. We are all stardust, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like literally, we are made from the the chemicals the same the, stuff yeah, as stars elements of stars yeah and like that fire and that light is already within us and the most powerful tool that anybody has is our voices so speak up So ladies and gentlemen, that was Amanda Wynn. She is so, so inspiring. Everybody should get involved because it's a worthy cause to say the very least, to say the very, very least. And to get involved, you can go to risenow.us, get some more information on that. And if you have not seen the picture of Leland Melvin and his two dogs, he's in his little space suit and the dogs don't care about him being an astronaut. They're just like, this is my person. Let me (laughs) love you right now. You got to look it up. Uh, We should put it in the newsletter which you should sign up for at buzzfeed.com slash another round slash newsletter. Yo, back when Matt Bell's I worked here, he wrote this uh, post that's like dogs that can't even handle it right now. It's like iconic old school BuzzFeed post. And I did not understand that concept. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And then this, if you two do not understand this concept, (laughs) this photo of the dogs and this astronaut. It's just everything. Like you can hear them panting in the picture. Yes. 
They just cannot handle they it can't. right now. Like, oh my God, Leland, Leland, oh my, my human, Leland. my human. Hey, hey, hey. I know you're sitting down, but where are you going? I'm nervous. Don't leave. Wait. <laughs> it's so adorable. It is. Evan, what time is it? Time to buy rounds. Who time to buy some rounds. <laughs> I was just really excited. I'm sorry. <laughs> you didn't even want to hear my response. I, didn't, so I don't even I didn't. need to be here for this. I mean, you, you've done this a couple times. You know what time it is. Okay. So I would like to buy a round for, uh, it's such a New York City thing. Ooh. When you go to a bar and they let you order pizza there. <laughs> oh, like pizza from an outside place? Yes. That is. I love listen, that shit. Because there's nothing worse than being somewhere, being at a bar. You're drinking. Maybe you were drinking before you got to the bar and you're oh, hungry. Smash. And you're like, where's oh, the menu? <laughs> right. Just a little. Uh, what did uh, a little slizzard? Yeah. Say? I don't know what any of the words Young Ma says at the top are. <laughs> I don't know either. I thought that was a Lexington thing until I got out of Lexington. Anyway, but you're there and you need something to soak up all the alcohol and there's just they're just like, we got peanuts and popcorn. And you're right. just like, this is not. What do with peanuts? Right. Or popcorn. Besides get thirsty and have to buy more liquor. Mm. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing, liquor industry. <laughs> Think you're slick and you're not. Anyway, this is your round and I've talked a lot. <laughs> I just, it's such a, it's such, I don't know why I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. It was only when I moved to New York and we were at a bar and like someone's like, let's just order pizza. I was like, uh-huh. what do you mean? Just order pizza to right. this other establishment. <laughs> that is a level up on your life, though. It is. Yeah. So then you're not like some drunk asshole at a bar. You're a fed asshole at a bar. Mm, that's true. I don't <laughs> and think not I've, too sloppy. I've been in bars where there's been like a pizza place down the street. And so like somebody will leave and bring back pizza. But I've never done the let me just take out my phone and order pizza this, and have them I bring literally it to the did bar. this last night. This is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Um, the bar was down the street, but I still did call. Still. I mean. <laughs> I'm not leaving the bar. Yeah. You're going to lose your seat. The bar also gave free shots of Jameson. Oh, my gosh. Which is why I need it. I was like, oh, sure. Let's get pizza. Oh. I'm glad you're alive. Thanks. Jameson doesn't. Mm. I was at a trivia thing. Oh, did you win? What was your trivia we team did name? not. Oh. You don't have to allow this. And literally no one else on my team allowed this. Okay. But it was me and a bunch of brown girls mm-hmm. and Matt Belisai. <laughs> so <laughs> we called our team name. Oh, my God. Black Girl Magic. This recording is over. Oh. Everyone in the studio hates me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, this is how I feel every time you guys say your dumb jokes, okay? You know what? <laughs> I was about to say I'll allow it, but then you got an attitude, so no. Get it out of here. Literally no one allowed it. <laughs> if I was there, I would have allowed it. I know it. your drunk ass would. <laughs> <laughs> My sober ass also would have. <laughs> Who are you buying around for, Trace? I am buying around for one of the most underrated black sitcoms in history, Ooh. if you ask me, which no one did, okay. but I have a microphone, so who I actually me? literally did ask you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I'm right here. I'm here for you. You're right. I just felt like having an attitude. I know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for knowing who I am. But that show is the Jamie Foxx show. Ooh. Did you watch the Jamie Foxx show? I did. He's a very talented man. He's a very talented man. And he is one of the few actors that I'm actually, I will allow him to sing. Like, I will listen to the music (laughs) that he makes. Because most everybody who starts out acting, they're like, I'm going to cut an album. It's just like, okay, you got some money and some studio time. Right. That doesn't mean that you should use it, you know? And some yes men in your life. (laughs) And some yes men in your life. But he actually has a really, really, did I ever buy a round for his music? Maybe I should just buy a round for Jamie Foxx. Because. I'm sure he's still getting checks just from Blame It. 
Blame it on the goose, whatever that song is. Blame it. Blame it on the. That's like the. It was such a good album. I'm getting so hyped. <laughs> Jamie Foxx makes some. Why are you clapping at me? I agree. I, I agree. Don't know. <laughs> I just got so hyped. Okay, so he does have some like straight up gems. His like his albums are like the essence of like slightly corny but mm-hmm. still like vibable mm-hmm. R and B music, just about like hooking up with somebody yeah like these are these are a bunch of songs about me trying to figure out how to get you to have sex with me and these are songs about me having sex with you and these are (laughs) songs about me remembering having sex with you (laughs) you know and i mean it's just so uh, wait let me i need a track listening because i'm i'm feeling nostalgical (laughs) uh okay so unpredictable was really really good this was the first album of his that i heard i think i was in college when this came out i cannot say i've listened to a jamie fox album so you're gonna have to talk to me through a few of this (laughs) okay i don't know the jamie fox discography (laughs) do you remember the song that he had with Ludacris? unpredictable girl get comfortable to do something (gasps) you've never done before i I have not heard this in so long all right can you play that yeah, ladies, I know you're tired of the same old thing. Things have become so mundane. I, mean, I feel like he'd be talking in front of all his songs like yeah, this. Yeah, which is like such a specific callback to like old R&B. I like that. <laughs> Ooh. Right? I haven't listened to this in so long. Ow. Ow. <laughs> it just sounds like summer to me. So speaking of like how all of his songs are just about like some form of sex in like sure. some situation, there's a song that is so corny. Oh, I'm listening. It's called Three Letter Words. <laughs> Guess what the three letter word is? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's only two letters. I just can't help with those. Then is he just whispering the whole thing? Oh no, there's there are words. <laughs> We at least have to listen through the chorus because the chorus is just ridiculous. Cause every day, every night, every hour, every minute, I'm thinking about it. I could be at my job in my car, up in church. He's at church? He's thinking about it in church. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this is so funny. That I can't get enough of sex. All the time. Oh my God. So, anyway, great singer. I will entertain his music. But the Jamie Foxx show was just, it's legit like imagine the Fresh Prince of Bel Air and that you have one really funny person who's obviously like the point that you're tuning in all the time and they're just like, okay, mm-hmm. you have the show, you just be funny. Mm. So all of the jokes are like jokes that Jamie Foxx would make and he's hilarious to me. One of my favorite scenes in the history of the Jamie Foxx show. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's in court, right? So the plot of the show is that Jamie's aunt um, Aunt Helen and Uncle Junior. Junior is a total cat daddy. <laughs> um, they own, <laughs> yeah, they own a hotel, right? And this woman, she's a con artist. She comes in and she pretends to fall and like break her leg or something at the hotel. So she sues them, and so they're in court, and she's like all bandaged up or whatever. And she's um, on the witness stand, and she's crying. She's like, "Your Honor, that man is a habitual liar." <laughs> <laughs> And Jamie Foxx stands up and says, who you calling a her bitch? <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes me so 
so happy. And I feel like not enough people celebrate it the way that they should. Like, it's it's so important to black sitcom history. I agree. It was also one of those shows that had a million, like, uh, cameos yes. by dope people. Oh, my gosh. Ron Osley was on there. Oh, wow. Ron Osley played Mary J. Blige's father. Oh, my God. <laughs> this was before her acting skills had really come into fruition. And it was, it's just good. It's just a good old black-ass time. Can I tell you my favorite weird-ass celebrity couple? Oh, my gosh. Are you going to say Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes? <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that about? Yo! What the hell? In our lifetime. In fact, just recently in 2016, Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes were together. That's crazy. But, like, they're they're kind of, it's they're so low-key, it's hard to tell where they're at. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's with somebody else now. But she is somebody who is very Katie Holmes-esque, so apparently he has a type. <laughs> and that's it. What is Katie Holmes' ex? Esque. Just like, you know. Mousy? Yeah, my, White mousy, mousy. Brown hair, kind of. I don't know. I don't remember what this girl looks like. I just cannot believe they're together. Yeah. Imagine Katie Holmes making a cameo on the Jamie Foxx show. Nope. <laughs> that I will not allow. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I love the Jamie Foxx show. And I love those albums. Yo. He's Round a, for you, sir. A Good multi-talented job. man. Yeah. He also had an amazing Jerry Curl. If you, <laughs> listen, if you Google Jamie Foxx, Jerry Curl, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are in your life right now. You I think we should end up. on that note. All right. Heaven, guess what? Guess what? what we just did. We just did what? It. We did it. We made it. You're so cute. <laughs> Thank you so much to Amanda Wynn for stopping by the studio. Best of luck in your um, attempts to get into space, if that's really a thing that you want to do. <laughs> I think you should rethink it, but, you know, follow your dreams, girl. And everybody check out risenow.us. That's R-I-S-E-N-O-W.us, just in case my accent did something weird. For more information about how you, too, can support the rights of survivors of rape, which is a thing that everybody should want to support. Shout out to the pod squad. I thought that was me just now. Okay, don't do that. You're this. getting good. Don't flatter me. You are. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was produced by Nina Patak and Julia Ferlin with editorial oversight from Eleanor Kagan and Meg Kramer. Shout out to our in-house musicians, Miss Jean Gray. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy and Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan, which, fun fact, is a rap group, even though it sounds like a lady neo soul singer. It's not. <laughs> you can follow him at Don Will. Follow heaven on twitter at heaven rants i'll be ranting she do follow me on twitter at broken me poverty she be broke maybe send me a dollar <laughs> um you can email us you can tweeter us you can facebook us twat us as nina would say as our producer nina <laughs> likes to say twat us <laughs> you don't twat me <laughs> we're on twitter at another round facebook another round and email us at another round at buzzfeed.com we're another round on all of the things we made it very easy for you to find us um, rate us on iTunes rate us well on iTunes if you don't like us keep that to yourself and nobody asked you and let love in you know yeah that's a, that's a sign of something a little more troubling yeah try liking fun things for once <laughs> also tell a friend <laughs> spicy y'all the newsletter is so lit I really really love it it's one of my favorite parts of making the show we get to make a newsletter that goes out too goes out every Friday you can subscribe at buzzbeat.com slash another round slash newsletter Drink some water, take your meds, call your person, take your own advice, take your own advice, back up your data, be nice to yourself. Oh my God, be kind to yourself. Be nice to my friend, insert listener name here. (laughs) Just think of us saying that every time you start to feel bad about yourself. Ooh, go get some more floss. 
I'm all out. That's a note to myself. <laughs> I'm struggling. In also on the grocery list. <laughs> I need some apples. Ooh, eat an apple. Okay. Last night I just really wanted an apple. Last night I really wanted a fresh banana. Mm. Get some an fruit. unripe one. Oh, it was kind of like too firm and just. Yeah. I'm sorry you went through that. <laughs> Thank you. What can I do? Thank you. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Let's find better bananas and apples. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bow, 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 bow. So Blue's Clues with Waka Flocka is what I'm imagining. (laughs) Yeah, I would watch that. If Waka Flocka had a children's show. Did you see his his, cooking show debut? I'm sorry. It's like a little web series. What? He's a vegetarian now. He lost a lot of weight. He's a vegetarian? I think he's a vegan almost. What? And he has a muffin recipe. Oh. It's cute. What kind of muffins? Healthy ones. (laughs) (laughs) Bow, bow, brand muffins, bow. (laughs) <laughs> Get regular bow. <laughs> if Waka Flocka like sold supplements, <laughs> bow bow, vitamin B bow. <laughs> oh my, oh my, my my.